Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you today. We're glad that you are here today. We are continuing our series today called Love Is, and we are focusing on 1 Corinthians 13, and today uh, we're talking about love is kind. Now, the Bible says love is patient, love is kind, and so I'm not ready to talk about patience, so we went to kindness. All right, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. And uh, so I, what is, I have my friend here, Mr. Potato Head, that's going to help me out, so hold on here a second. Now we're together, there we go, right? So the reason I have him here is because uh, uh, we were taught when we were children that, that we were taught about, we thought we were our parents taught us to be polite. We've all been taught to be polite, but we've not been really taught to be kind. Now, let me give you the difference in that. You see, as a child, you were taught that, you know, politeness is sort of staying out of people's way, right? Like, you know, saying, excuse me, I'm sorry for that, you know, yes, sir, no, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, that kind of deal. But kindness is actually going out of your way. You see the difference? Politeness is sort of, as a kid, staying out of people's way, but kindness is going out of your way to help somebody else. And so today we want to talk about that. And uh, I want to tell you, the Bible has a lot to say about kindness. Number one, the first thing it says is that, you know, kindness is a, a way to worship God. It also says this, that kindness is, uh, not only is it a way to worship God, but kindness makes you happy. If you want to be a happier person, be a kinder person. Okay, I got a big one for all the men in here. The Bible says this. I know you're not going to believe me. I wrote it down. Proverbs 22, I mean Proverbs 19 and 22, the Living Bible paraphrase says this. Men, kindness makes you more attractive. In other words, what I'm telling you is that I'm teaching you how to be a spiritual Brad Pitt. There we go. All right, there we go. Yeah, there's hope for all of us, right? You know that old saying... Beauty is only skin deep, but ugly is to the bone, right? So we want to be beautiful on the inside as well. And so what is kindness? So if I had to summarize kindness to you, what is kindness? Kindness is love and action. It's love and action. And so today I want to take you right into uh, this illustration that Jesus gave to help us understand this. This morning as I, I, I tell this to you, I want you to know, I want to set it up for you that Jesus was walking down the road one day, and somebody come up to him and ask him a, the great question. They ask the question to Jesus, you know, who's my neighbor? In other words, who should I be kind to? Because he'd been teaching about kindness. He said, well, let me give you this illustration. He said, there was a man that was walking down the road uh, from Jericho to Jerusalem, and he, was, he fell among thieves. In other words, he got mugged, and they beat him up, and they took his possessions, and they didn't just stop with taking his wallet. They actually took his clothes too. I mean, left the man naked right there. You know, 
dead. I mean, it's one thing to be mugged and somebody take your wallet and your shoes, but man, take your pants and your underwear too. I mean, come on. That's what happened. Okay, you're getting a picture now, right? Right. Too much so. Uh, so anyways, he was robbed left naked. And Jesus said as he was laying there dying, there was a priest that was coming by, and the priest walked by him. And as he walked by, the priest said, hey, you know, he saw the man, and he said, you know, I ain't got time for that. And he kept on walking. And then there was another guy that worked at the temple called a Levite. He was assistant to the priest. He come by a little bit later after the priest come by. And as he walked by, he actually went over to the guy and said, you know what? I have nothing to help the guy with. And so he just went on by. And then the third person that come by was a Samaritan. And a Samaritan was someone that the Jews hated. And this was a Jew that was there that was dying. And the Samaritan who had been, you know, abused basically by the Jewish people, you know, called all kinds of names because what made him a Samaritan was that he was a, he was a half Jew and half Gentile. And so the, the people that wasn't Jews didn't like him and the Jews didn't like him, so they were an outcast. But he stopped. And he began to help the man. So we want to pick up that story today. So keep that in mind. So let me go ahead and give you the first thing of the kindness. You ready? And Mr. Potato Head's going to help us. And the first thing to kindness is this. Is start seeing the needs of the people around you. Start seeing them. So we're going to look in here and see what Mr. Potato Head has to offer here. Help us do that. Come on out here, big guy. Uh-oh, his hat fell off. Aha, here they are. So we're going to give him a set of eyes to see. He can help us see. Put your hat back on, buddy. There we go. I did that in the earlier service today and had his eyes upside down. He was looking at me the whole time. <laughs> That's pretty weird, you know. Like, whoa, wait a minute. So anyway, as we look at that, so we have to have eyes to see. And this is what I want, I want to say to you that uh, is so, I think is so powerful. If you're not aware of the need... You can't care about the need. Did you hear that? If you're not aware, you can't care. And so if you don't see people's need, people that are hurting around you, that are having a difficult time, you can't help them. You have to see the need first. And so we have to have eyes to see. And so how do we do that? I'll tell you, the first thing that I think that we must do is we'll look at the story and we're going to see what the Samaritan did. Here it is. Look what it says. In Luke 10, 33, it says, Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw, you see that? When he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. So the first thing we have to do is see. So what keeps us, what keep, kept the other two people from seeing the need of the man that was laying there, practically dying, and what keeps us from seeing the needs of the needs of people around us that maybe they're not laying on the ground practically dying, but they're hurting around us. And that one word is busyness. Busyness kills kindness. When we're so busy, it kills kindness. It kills kindness. So hurry is the death to kindness. Now, if I wanted to, if I want to tell you, say, okay, I want all of us here to take a trip to the to the West Coast because I want us to see what America's like. If I wanted you to see America, what I could do is say, all right, we're all going to meet at Hartsfield Airport and we're going to load a plane. And as we get on that plane, when we're going over each state, I'm going to tell you, look down, and I'm going to say, okay, look, there's a cornfield right here in Kentucky. You know, there's a, a cornfield there. And then we could go on to Arizona. I could say, you know, there's the desert over there. And I could just point out the mountains if we went over Colorado. But, you know, you would see those from a distance. But if we really wanted to see it, I could say, okay, we can take a train, right? Because the train's on the ground and we would see all those things. But if we really, really wanted to see it, 
I can say, okay, everybody go get your backpacks and your tennis shoes. We're going to walk. And here's the lesson is, the slower that you go, the more that you see. Would you agree with that? The, the slower that you go, the more that you see. And that's what we have to understand. In life, in this fast pace, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it if we don't slow down. And so we have to learn to slow down. Look what the Bible says. In 1 Corinthians 10 and 24, he says, Do not look out only for yourself. Look out for the good of others also. Look out for the good of others also. So one of the ways in our church that we choose to help you slow down is we call connect groups. What are connect groups about? It's about where you get to come and meet with 10 to 12 people on a weekly basis. And guess what? Not only do you get to hear their needs so you can see their needs, but also they get to see your needs. And so as a group, you get to help one another, and it may be a word of encouragement that you need or whatever. But our connect groups are some of the, one of the most powerful ways to get you to slow down so that you can see the needs of others and others can see your needs. Would you just watch this uh, testimony of Miss Terry Hall right now? Would you watch this? The first time I heard about connect group, I thought, no, this isn't for me. I'm already going to church uh, one time a week, and I felt like that was enough. And uh, um, being new to the church at that time, the more I thought about it, I kept thinking, well, you do want to meet more people. And as the church was putting the presentation on about the Connect groups starting, it made me get more interested in joining. So the first group I joined, there was only three of us, and that was okay. We we had a good time, and uh, I got the idea of studying with um, other people. And I was always afraid that if anybody asked me a question, I wouldn't know how, oh gosh, that would be terrible. But as the years kept going, and um, I kept changing different groups, and um, uh, it just, all fell into place. Uh, God was leading me there. I knew that I was supposed to spend more than just one time a week. And um, I've learned a whole lot through these uh, Connect groups. I never saw myself as a group leader. But one time, one time during the summer, our group leader had asked for someone to, to take over to give her a break. And it worked out well. It really did. I've just returned to church from being out due to surgery, and it started last year, but I didn't have my surgery until September. And being a member of a Connect group, and a wonderful Connect group, all the ladies were there anytime I needed them. They called me. We had prayers. They were there for me. and. It, it felt good. I didn't feel like I was putting anybody out. They were truthfully there for me, and I knew that I would be there for them if it was ever reversed. If there's anybody that's hesitant on joining the Connect group, don't hesitate. We have the whole church group, but just having a smaller group in the Connect group is the best way to go. So you can see how important that is to be a part of a group. 
And so inside of your program, there is a catalog now. It's a sheet of paper like this in the front and back that you, be, you can begin to look over and see which group you want to be a part of. Now, listen, it's summertime, and, and I hope every one of you get to go on a vacation this summer. I do. I, hope, I want you to. You'll never hear another pastor say that. But why? Because you're better when you take a break. You know, you're easier for me to deal with. Selfish reason, right? No, I want you to go on, have a vacation. But here, so you say, well, Pastor Jeff, I can't join a group because I'm going to be gone a couple of times this summer. That's all right. You just show up as many times as you can. So uh, to have that connection, have people praying with you. So on the back of your connection card, you know, I would like for you to consider checking the box that says, you know what? I will do my best to be a part of a connect group. Would you do that so we can just pray that God will help you find the right one? Would you just check that? Okay. So this, uh, the next verse that we have is Galatians 6 and 7. Look at what it says. It's really important. And the message paraphrase, it says, Do not be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will reap, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, now notice this next line. Ignoring the needs of who? Of others is what? Ignoring God. Ignoring the needs of others is ignoring God. So when, when we just live so busy and we ignore the people around us, we're ignoring God. And we don't want to do that. He goes on to say, ignoring God. Harvest a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's Spirit do the growth work in him, harvest a crop of real life, eternal life. So remember that. That it all starts with being kind and being aware. Okay, number two is this. Would you write this down? Sympathize with people's pain by listening. By listening. So go ahead and do that. And while you're doing that, my friend Mr. Potato Head here, we're going to help him out, and we're going to give him a set of ears. Now, now today that many of you come in without spiritual eyes, and you come in without spiritual ears, so we, we're hoping that you're putting these on as well. So we're going to give him a set of ears here. Boy, he's got big ears, doesn't he? There we go. Sort of like mine. All right. So you have a set of ears to listen. Now remember what we said? Being polite, we were told as a child, is sort of getting out of the way, but being kind is going out of your way. See that? So there's a difference, right? And we want to understand that. Okay, so we go back to the story of the Good Samaritan. Look what happens here. Again, it says, Then the despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he what? Felt. Would you shout that word out? Ready? Felt. Come on, one more time. You ready? Felt. He felt compassion for him. So here's what I want you to know. As you begin to, you know, go along your life, you begin to, when you become aware by seeing, but you will never, it will never touch your heart until you hear it. You have to feel the need. And the way that you feel the needs in your heart is by listening to people. We have to learn to listen. I think the problem with this, and you and I, you may not have this problem, but I do, is that many times in my life, Instead of having sympathy, I've let anger fill in the gap. You know why that happens? Because sometimes I'm not a good listener. So sometimes people have started to tell me something, primarily like my wife or my children or something, and I just hear half of what they got to say, and I just go all off the handle like, what do you mean? Anybody else ever done that in here? Anybody besides me? Okay, there's four or five of us. The rest of you, the altars will be open at the end of service. You can come and pray and ask God to forgive you. We just like, you know, we just, we just, we just quick to judge, right? We're quick to cut them off and we don't hear them out. And so when you don't sympathize with people, you'll get angry with them. If you don't listen, 
You're going to get angry. Kindness is listening. It's seeing the needs, but it's listening to people around us as well. It's listening. You see, uh, the Bible said it this way. This scripture kicks my tail. I'll just be honest with you. Look what it says. James 1 and 19. He says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. I guess, you know what? Really, God just could have put Jeff Dawes right there. and Just left it alone. Just, you know, he probably could have put your name right there too. Listen, my dear, your name. There we go. You must be quick to what? Listen and slow to, and slow to. Oh, wow, did you hear that? We've got to have our ears adjusted, right? If we don't tune in so we can hear the rest of the story. Many times, like I said, I've gotten upset with people, but once I heard the whole story, then I could, then I could you know, understand. And then I wasn't upset. Then I felt like an idiot for getting upset. Okay? So what is the scripture saying? He says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and then you will uh, slow to become angry. Now, this is what he's saying. He's saying, listen up, button up, and you'll grow up. Did you hear that? Listen up. You know, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Maybe that should be sort of an indicator, right? We should listen twice as much as we talk, right? He said, so if, you're gonna listen, if you listen up, you'll button up and you'll grow up. Why? Because you can't learn as long as you're doing all the talking. If you're doing all the talking, if you're a know-it-all, and you don't listen to the people around you, you're never going to grow up. You're going to stay down here. You're never going to learn. Listen, even in education, we learn the first thing we have to teach kids is this, is that you have to be quiet and listen. Why? So you can learn. If you don't listen, you won't learn. If you don't listen, you won't learn. If you don't listen, you won't learn. So maybe, maybe the reason that you're so at odds with the people that you're living with is because you haven't learned, you haven't listened to what they're saying. It's amazing. Rhonda and I went to counseling uh, several years ago, uh, and it was a great experience. And you know what? The thing is, is that when that counselor said what she'd been trying to say to me for, you know, 15 or more years, I heard it. She'd been saying that to me the whole time, you know, but when he said it, now what your wife is saying is this, oh, oh, oh really? I can do that. Shoot, I got, I did, man, our marriage went up. And you know, same thing with her, you know. He said, now what your husband's saying is, you know what, our marriage, we got, we went up, why? Because, guess what, when we were there with him, we had to, what? Listen. So I've learned now, we've learned in our home to listen. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Like, let me just talk to you. Sometimes we're listening, but we're not, right? You know what, you know what I'm talking about. Like, when somebody's coming at you with something, you know, and, and, and maybe it's your spouse or your children or maybe your parent or whatever, and they're coming at you, and all of a sudden your mind is starting to argue already. But by the time, the, as soon as they open their mouth, your mind is building your case already, right? And, you, and as, soon as, they, as soon as they draw in a breath, you're on them, right? As soon as they, and let me tell you, and they go, and you go, yeah, let me tell you. You didn't hear a word they said. So we listen. You know that God allows you to go through problems sometime in your life so that you can comfort other people? And so we have to learn to listen to the needs around us. Look what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1 and 4. It says, it's speaking of God, God so wonderfully comforts and strengthens us in our hardships and trials. Would you read out loud with me these next four words out loud? You ready? Come on. So that when, so that when others, 
so that when others are troubled, needing our sympathy and encouragement, we can pass on to them the same help and comfort who God has given us. In other words, God, when you're hurting, going through pain, God wants to send somebody your way to comfort you. And listen, when you have eyes to see and ears to hear and you learn kindness, guess what? What you do is this, is that you listen so that you can say, listen, I've been there too. There's nothing like a person who has been through it already talking to you, right? I mean, like, listen, as a pastor, I can tell you, there's been many times that people have gone through stuff and I've tried to be the best that I could and tried to sympathize with them, but I had no idea because I'd never been through it. There's been things that I've gone through in my life that people, you know, around me didn't have a clue, but when I could talk to somebody who had been through that, there's something about they were able to sympathize with me and they were able to help me along the way. You ever been there? So here's what I want to tell you. You're only as sick as your secrets because why? When you begin to say, you know what, I've been through this too. And when you admit that, that you've been through this, guess what? God uses your pain to heal someone else and He gives you a deeper healing. Did you see that? When, you know, most people say, well, I'm embarrassed. I don't want anybody to know I've been through this. Oh, no, 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 no. If you keep that to yourself, you're going to be sick. It's going to eat you up. But the moment that you see someone else that's going through that and you can share with them that you've been through it as well, here's how God helped you and here's what you did and you help them, guess what? You get a deeper healing and they get healed as well. And so God wants us to use our ears to listen so that we can help other people. Okay, number three, would you write this down? Seize the moment by taking action. Seize the moment by taking action. As you're writing that down, we're going to take our Mr. Potato Head here and we're going to give him a set of hands. Hello, everybody. Oh, I'm sorry. I just had to do that. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm going to let him preach like me. How are y'all today? You doing good? I'm forced every once in a while to watch myself on video, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, uh. So his hands are like mine today. So, so we want to take action. Look what, as we think about taking action, let's look right into the story. Remember, oh, oh, can't forget this. We're taught to be polite. That means get out of people's way. But kindness, what is kindness? It's going out of your way, right? Going out of your way. So again, we go back into the story. Here it is, Luke 10.34. Jesus is talking about this guy. He says, kneeling beside him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with medicine and bandages, bandaged them. Then he put the man on his donkey and walked along beside him till they came to an end where he nursed him through the night. So love takes action. Remember the religious people that Jesus talked about in the story, how they just made excuses. They couldn't do it. But this guy, who's the least likely person, decided to stop and take care of him. And he said, you know, love takes action. And so what did he do? He seen the man, there he was, you know, he was, he was naked, bleeding, beat up, about to die. And the guy took the, the wine that he had with him, and he poured it into the man's wounds as an anesthetic to help uh, fight infection. And then the guy didn't have any clothes, so where did he get the bandages at? I don't think he had a first aid kit on his donkey. You know, I don't think he had that. So what did he do? He took his knife out, and he cut his robe, and he got bandages off his robe, and he wrapped up the man's wounds. He used what he had. You see what I'm talking about? If you're going to help people, you have to realize, I've got to use what I have. I can't, you know, many of us are paralyzed. We analyze until we're paralyzed. 
Many of us say, you know what, I would love to help people if I could do what so-and-so could do. Well, yeah, I want to let you in on a secret. It's probably not been a secret if you've been around here long at all. Is that all of my life, I've wanted to be a great singer. All of my life. I mean, all of my life, I've wanted to sing. And so, you know, like when uh, Ron and I were teenagers in our youth group at our church, we had a youth choir. And so, man, I would always get there early and get the first seat on the front row right close to the microphone. Matter of fact, when nobody was looking, I'd tap it and make sure it's on. And when I was singing, I'd be like this. Ah, ah, you know, it sounded about like that too. Uh, and so, you know what, every time they would move me. They would move me to the back. Every time, and I would try to just ease my way back up there. They'd keep moving me to the back. And so, you know, the problem with singing is this, is that you've got to be able to sing. And so I have a problem, right? Because I can't... Wait a minute, why did you say that? <laughs> I can't sing. I, I just don't have that gift. And so what happened was, is they said, okay, Jeff, you're a good young man. We've got to find something you can do. And so they created a spot for me. And that was like, in between the songs, they say, now we need somebody to go testify. What does that mean? I don't know. What does testify mean? That means that you're going to go talk about what God has showed you through the week, what God has been teaching you, maybe as you read the Bible or something. Just go up there and say something. That's what they say. Just go say something. And so I learned that, you know, by being forced out of there to go and speak, that I had a gift, that I could communicate with people. And that was my gift. You know, do I still want to sing? Yes. And do I still drive my wife and kids crazy? Yes. In the office here, I drive them crazy because sometimes I'll just go through the office and sing just because I can. And not because I really can sing, just because I have the privilege to do that, right? Because I'm the pastor of this church. I can't sing to you, they won't let me, but I, the office staff is like, la, 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 la. What I'm saying is that, listen, you look at people and you look at their gifts and you think how talented they are and how good they are and so you hold yourself back. I want to tell you that use your gifts. Matthew 7 and 12, it's on our outline here. Look what it says. It says, do to others what you would like them to what? Do to you. He says you're going to treat people the way you want to be treated. Listen, this is the golden rule. This is our memory verse and this is my life verse. I try my very, very best to live by this. I try to think before I have a conversation with you, especially if it's got to be a hard conversation, how would I want you to talk to me? When I talk to Rhonda, now that I'm maturing, <laughs> I think about that. How would I want her to say this to me? When I have to talk to our staff at our, at our church here, how would I want them to talk to me? You know what? Before I talk to your wife, I think about how would I want you to talk to my wife. Before I talk to your children, I want to think about how would I want you to talk to my children, right? You see, it's a very simple rule that Jesus gave. It's called the golden rule. Why? Because you think about others first. And that's why you use your gifts and talents. You use your hands to help people. Use your eyes to see, your ears to hear, and your hands to help. You take action. Look what the Bible says in Galatians 6 and 10. As we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Would you read out loud that next word? Especially. Especially to those who belong to the family of who? Believers. The Bible says, God says that you're to treat the people in His house special. You're to go out of your way to be nice to them, to be kind to them, to serve them. Out of your way. 
That's why it's important to be a part of the church family, because if you're not, you can't really obey God. He says, listen, you need to go out of your way to be kind to people in the family of God. And so we want to give you that opportunity. I mean, listen, I don't want you to go to heaven and not obey God. I have to stand before him and say, well, you know what? You didn't get it. So I'm a pastor that's going to teach you how and give you opportunities. And so inside of your program, there's a sheet right there, a half sheet. It's called Ministry Opportunities. We'd like for every one of you to get involved in serving God's family somehow. You know, we don't care if you're, you're 10 or 100. It doesn't matter. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, you know, I'm not a member here. I can't serve. Oh, yes, you can. We'll let you stand in the parking lot and smile all you want to. You don't have to be a member. And, uh, and by the way, tonight at 6 o'clock, I'm going over what it is like to discover SCC. You might want to be a part of that. But check this out throughout the service and then just put it in the offering bucket as it goes by at the end. We want you to serve as well. Okay, number four is this. You ready for number four? Number four, speak words of life. Speak words of life. So we're going to put Mr. Potato Head a little mouth in here. There we go. Right there. Speak words of life. He's complete now. We sort of look like now, don't we? Speak the words of life. Now just we go back into our story and look what it says. It says, The next day the Samaritan brought out two coins, gave them to the innkeeper, and what? Said. And said, Take care of this man. If you spend more money on him, I will pay it back to you when I come again. So he did. He said, listen, he gave words of life that, listen, take care of him. He had to communicate. And I just want you to know that there's, there's life in your words. Look what the Scripture says. Proverbs 18.21 The tongue has the power of what? Has anybody ever experienced that before? Yes! There's been times because of my tongue I thought I was going to die. Anybody else ever experienced that? I'm like, man, you know what? My parents didn't mess around. This back talk stuff that some people get away with, we didn't get away with it. When we back talked, our backside got it. And you know, I'm saying, I mean, like, man, I was like, whoa, got to learn this. And so here's an SEC saying, okay, this is what we say at SEC here. That is this if you don't like what you're seeing in people, watch what you're saying to people. Did you hear that? If you don't like what you're seeing, watch what you're saying. And, and the attitudes that you're getting back from people probably are coming by the way that you're communicating with them. So I want to give you uh, some tips on. Speaking today, how to speak with kindness. Now, have I mastered all of these? No. Okay, do not use this message against me. <laughs> it will be at home, I can tell you. The first thing I want you to do is that we need to do is this, is uh, praise the ordinary acts. Would you write that down? Praise the ordinary acts. That means this. Ladies, listen, if your husband mows the lawn, he may not do it just like you think it should be done, but if he does it, why don't you just say, Honey, nobody mows that lawn like you. Nobody. You know what? He's going, Yeah, that's right. Mm. Guys, when she fixes dinner, thank God to, in our day and age that she even fixes dinner. Hallelujah. Right? She fixes dinner. Or she brings it home. Everybody, she feeds you. All right? You just say, Honey, Thank you so much. Or I just want you to know that that was an awesome meal. You, you just did the best at that. I mean, you went through the drive-thru window like nobody else's business. 
<laughs> Whatever. you, Ladies, listen. If he picks his underwear up, you say, listen, nobody picks their drawers up like you. You just think you're the best. Here's what I want you to know. You can either nag the negative or you can praise the positive. What you do the most of is what you're going to get. If you keep nagging someone, nagging doesn't change anybody. It never has changed anybody. It only makes people mad and makes them repeat. They get mad. All, they, they just want to do it over to make, tick you off because you tick them off. You can nag the negative or you can praise the positive. I want to challenge you to praise the positive and let go of the negative. All right? Okay, here we go. Here's another one. Say please. Say please. These are things you can practice. I mean, like on the way home, you can practice these things. Say please. When you say please, it's like polishing silver. It's like polishing silver. You know what it does? It shows value. When you say please, it means I value you. I don't just take for granted that you're going to do this. You know, sometimes with, a, with our children or with our parents or our, our, our spouse, is that we just say, do this. I need you to do this. Sometimes like we own them, right? And so we have to learn to say, please. It's like bearing the relationship. Okay, the next one is this, is say thank you. Did you write that down? Say thank you. Do you know that when you say thank you to a person, it helps you keep a good attitude toward them? Do you know that? When you're saying thank you, it just does something for you. It's not so much for them as you. It helps you keep a good attitude toward them. You see, it's hard to be grateful and hateful at the same time, isn't it? And so when you're grateful, it sort of takes away the hatefulness. Okay, the, last, or the next one is this. Ask, can I help you? Would you write that down? Ask, can I help you? I'm going to let you write that down. I want to tell you something. Kindness is the root of encouragement. And when a person is encouraged, it spurs in them enthusiasm. And when a person is enthusiastic, they make the people around them better. Did you see that? Kindness is the root of encouragement. And encouragement spurs on enthusiasm. And enthusiasm makes everybody better. Isn't it great when everybody in your house is enthusiastic about life? And so it makes it better. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. On the back of your connection card, I'm going to ask everyone to help me here. On the back of your connection card, it says, I will do my best to practice speaking kindness this week. I'm asking you to check that box because I'm going to have to pray for you because I know the devil, and that means by the time you get in the parking lot, there will be an opportunity for a fight to break out. Right? Some of you had one on the way to church. Don't look at me right now. I think I'm talking to you. Okay, the last one is this. Speak kindness to yourself. Speak kindness to yourself. I want to tell you something I've discovered. Is that, listen, if you're constantly, if you're constantly talking negative to yourself, it's hard to talk positive to other people. Look at me just a second. If some of you talk to other people the way that you talk to yourself, you would have nobody around you ever. You would have no friends, no one. You have to quit talking to yourself so negatively. I read a story a couple weeks ago out of uh, Max Lucado's book. It was called A Love Worth Giving. He talks about a lady who had moved to a 
an old western town years ago. And how that she had, her name was Madame Fonterra. And how everybody responded to her that way. But she noticed that there was these girls there that made a living by being prostitutes. And so she thought to herself, how in the world could she help these ladies? And so one day she, she met one named Susie. She took a liking to her. And she just began to talk and build a relation with, relationship with Susie. And she said, Susie, I want to set you up on a real date. Not one that you're paid for. And so Susie agreed. She'd never been anything like that in her life. And so sure enough, Miss Madame Fonterra actually set her up on a date. Miss Madame Fonterra went out and, and bought her a new dress. Helped her get herself really nice. And Susie was just so thrilled with herself. She never viewed herself as that. Going out on a real date with someone that just wanted to go out with her. And she was so excited. And she looked at Miss Madame Fonterra. She said, what can I do to say thank you? She said, you've done so much for me. What can I do? She said, you can do this one thing. She said, when you refer to yourself, you say, I am Susie and say no one else. She said, practice that. Would you say that? She said, okay. She looked at Miss Madame Fonterra. She said, I am Susie. And that sort of felt good. Because she didn't have to refer to herself as someone else. And then the, right before she got ready to go, she said, is there anything else I can do? She said, I want you to say one more thing. She said, look at me and say this. I am Susie. And I am a good thing. Susie looked at Miss Madame Fonterra because that statement run through her and everything that she'd experienced her whole life said the opposite. And she always seen herself as a bad thing. She looked at Miss Madame Fonterra and she said, I am Susie! And her lips began to quiver. Tears come down her eyes. And she could not say the next phrase. She said, but I'm not. Miss Madame Fonterra looked her right in the eye and said one more time. She said, I want you to say, I am Susie and I am a good thing. And Susie, with everything inside of her, she said, I am Susie. And with tears flowing, saying, I am a good thing. I am a good I, I am a good thing. And there's many of you sitting here today that you've got all kinds of scars in your past. You've got all kinds of bad things that's happened to you. And because of bad things that's come into your life, you have labeled yourself as a bad thing. I want you to know the Creator, Almighty God, when He looks down at you, He doesn't look at you as a bad things by the bad things you've done. He looks at you as a good thing, as someone that is worthy of respect, and someone that is worthy of a good life, and someone that is worthy of a blessing. I want to tell you today that you're a good thing in God's eyes. So you quit telling yourself how bad you are. And you let God do that good thing in you. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me now? Our prayer team's going to come down as they sing this next song. And today, if you have anything in your life that you'd like them to pray with you about, I pray that you'll come down. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, today I pray that you would move in our lives by the power of your Holy Spirit. And today, Father, that you would let us realize that God, no matter what we've done or what's happened to us, in your eyes, we are still a good thing and something that you want to save. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.